Hello guys, welcome back to the Buzzing with Barca podcast. I'm Marco, I'm your host, uh, and with me we have Ethan and Sagnik. Ethan, how I'm are you? I'm good, yeah. Excited to talk about today's topics. There's quite a lot of uh, things to talk about, so yeah, looking forward. Yeah. yeah, we do. We have a lot of topics to cover. We took a little break, and uh, now we're back, uh, back to action. Uh, how are you, Sagnik? Yeah, Sagnik? fine. Feels great to be outside the international break. It's over, and now we're back in action. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay, so <clears throat> we will head over to the first topic. We will talk about uh, the loss against Atletico Madrid. Um, as we all know, last Saturday we were back from the international break and uh, we lost uh, away at the Wanda Metropolitano against Atletico Madrid. Um, uh, we lost 1-0 uh, with a goal by mistakes of uh, Der Stegen and the, and the defense. Uh, Ethan, what did you think about the game? I'm not gonna lie, I I was expecting Barca to uh, to win. Like I I've each game I expect Barcelona to win, but they keep on letting me down, unfortunately. And I was going yeah. into this game because I know that Aleti are strong, but for some reason I just thought we had that little bit of an edge because obviously Suarez a major miss for them because he was out with COVID. But again, uh, as soon as I saw the first th- half, I was like, okay, we're gonna lose this match total disorganization in the in the defense which is not the first time we've seen like for example yes Stegen was to blame for the first goal but that was again a mistake by Bique he couldn't control the ball gave it to the opposition and then they capitalized um, I don't know I just saw a very disconnected Barcelona Messi he looked for me in that match very demotivated like, every time he got the ball he didn't really do anything with it he, he didn't even like he dropped too, way too deep and like he wouldn't really progress the game but yeah, I just thought Atletico are a far superior team. Now with all the injuries as well that we've got to the team, it's been a major hit. And yeah, I was quite disappointed in that match. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think that uh, we saw how... Uh, I mean, we, we always talk about the defensive problems of this team. Uh, but we have, I think we have a structural uh, problem in our attack too. Uh, we don't get... As many um, as many chances as we used to be. I mean, Leo Messi got uh, touched the ball, got the passes from the the other players only eight times in this match. I mean, you don't see it. You don't see Messi. I don't know if it's his uh, morale or his, or actually the fact that uh, no one passed passed him the ball. But you don't see Messi get the ball uh, so few uh, such few times. And uh, I think that we have uh, a problem with this formation, this structure, and uh, Kuman must find solutions. Um, what do you think about the current situation, uh, Sagni? Yeah, the match was disappointing. Uh, most people thought that Barca had the edge, but here we are. Uh, of course, the goal was basically a miscalculation, both by PK and Ter Stegen. Like, uh, they're already making memes out of it because it was real comical. But to us fans, it was very saddening, obviously. Uh, But what I would like to say is, Atletico's defense uh, is a good one. Like, we all know that it's a good one. But still, we expected a lot better uh, quality of attacks. And Griezmann also missed a goal, but... At this point, we're just used to that. Uh, but yes, uh, the match was very disappointing. It was almost painful to watch. Uh, so about Messi and everything, of course, I agree with both of you. 
but let's see what happens in the future like this match was out of the blue unexpected so i've really not much to say about it yeah i mean i have to say something uh, that i already wrote in my uh, post match uh, article i think that uh, losing in the wanda metropolitano is is normal it's okay to lose against atletico madrid uh, they didn't lose at home since uh, we won there in 2019 i mean a year ago so it's basically they basically went through the whole league uh, without uh, without uh, losing at home and um, it's okay to lose against them uh, at the wanda metropolitano but uh, my problem was with the way we looked i mean we looked uh, a little bit lost in this match and, and this was uh, what was alarming to me personally uh, what do you think about it Ethan? yeah uh, I don't know a complete all over the place as you say the attack no chemistry between the four in attack a few as you said you brought up the statistic of Messi only like what passing it uh, eight times to any other players in an attack it was really over the place I think in the end we saw again Caudinho I think he, he was playing as a as a double pivot Again, totally yeah. out of position. I don't know what on earth Coleman is thinking there. He did the same, I think, uh, in another match. I can't remember off the top of my head. But as I said, it was a disjointed attack. And the defence was... God, it was awful. It was so easy to slice that defence open. They made so many... They left so much play. And, and they left their, their opponents so open. So, I, I just think yeah, we yeah. really need to improve majorly on the defence. But on the attack, we need to... And we hit the buzzer. We'll move along to the next topic. Um, we didn't talk about it in the first one, but uh, I mean, the main uh, issue, the main problem of uh, this game against Atletico Madrid was the injuries. And, and the more severe one is the one of uh, Gerard Piquet. And he will uh, miss, I, I think, the, the rest of the season, or at least four months. So we're about to lose him for a long, long time. Uh, he's uh, in a personal note. Uh, his injury looked very bad. I was sad for him. But um, Piquet is not a solution for our centre-back position. And uh, we need to think now, uh, who will we use? I see I, I see uh, Mingesa playing uh, against uh, Dynamo Kiev. But uh, in the long term, we will have Araujo, we will have Mingesa, we will have De Jong as, uh, as the other centre-back option although it's not the best one. And we will have also uh, maybe um, the solution of uh, buying Eric Garcia in the January, though it will be hard and, uh, and uh, our financial, uh, financial problems right now might uh, ruin this, uh, this plan. So, uh, Sagnik, what do you think about uh, Piquet? You basically covered all the points there are. I mean, of course, uh, we knew it was risky because we lacked quality centre-backs in number. So, of course, with PK out for such a long time, we need to see what we can do uh, as a concrete option. Like uh, Mar- Marquinez, he's uh, good and the Barca B coaches have... Uh, sorry, Mingueza. What am I saying? <laughs> Mingueza. Mingueza. Uh, his coaches have advised Komen to use him. He is promising, but we won't know. I mean, his matches are good at Barca B, but how he performs in the big leagues is uh, remains to be seen. Now, with Frankie as centre-back last time, uh, it wasn't that remarkable. I mean, we could do with it, but it wasn't that remarkable. So, 
uh, I don't rely on that as a long-term option, especially uh, with our position in the UCL. Uh, also, uh, I don't think that we could uh, sacrifice uh, the amount of money required for Eric Garcia, especially with the pay cuts and everything under consideration and Messi pretty much refusing to accept it. So I think that uh, all we can do right now is uh, expect uh, Mingueza to perform well. And uh, right now, Coman has said that Orojo is training by himself. Uh, he doesn't want to risk it. So maybe in one or two weeks or maybe in a month, he should be fit and ready to play. Yeah, um, yeah, Ethan. I'm just remembering a podcast that me, I think, uh, Rishav and and you had, Marco, a couple of months ago, weeks ago, and we just spoke about the dangers of just having two centre backs. And now, what well, our fears have been confirmed. It's like we are basically, as as uh, Sagnik said, we're going to have to rely now on Minguesa, who is a Barca B player and he's not that experienced. So. I don't. We're gonna to have to put the full trust in him, even though he's quite young and he's and he's not experienced. And we're gonna to have to rely on Araujo, who's currently just out of injury now. And who knows? He could come out and get injured again. But this was the problem with not getting the centre back that we needed in summer. And now we're facing the consequences, and it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough to see how we'll be affected. Uh, it's worrying because we can we know that Lenglet could get injured. Because now if Lenglet gets injured, we virtually have no centre-backs. We need to go to Barca B and that's playing very, very risky because, as Sagnik said, like, yes, they're good, but against big teams, they're so inexperienced and so young that, of course, they might panic or they might not have that experience needed to win games. And that is going to, I think, affect us. And as, as you said, in January, yes, we have the opportunity to sign Garcia. But with everything, the COVID pandemic, the, the wage cuts, the fact that we're nearly on the verge of bankruptcy and it's going to be very hard unless we don't sell uh, to actually fund and, or get a new defender. We might have to do a Braithwaite style transfer where that La Liga would allow us to maybe get a cheap alternative from another team. But it's happened twice in a year, meaning just highlighting the decay and, and everything that's happening within the club because this has never ever been seen before and it's, it's very worrying. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, let me just add that uh, as for Oscar Milguesa, I mean, the guy, uh, I look at him for years. Uh, I mean, he was part of the Youth League uh, Champions uh, team like a few years ago, uh, along with uh, players like uh, Carlos Perez and uh, Ricky Puch and Callado, of course. Uh, he's a good player. He's a very talented uh, center back. Uh, he, he is also um, he can also play as a right back and left back, which is a very good thing. Um, but uh, we'll move along now to the next topic, which is uh, Sergio Roberto, who is out. Uh, his injury lo- seemed a little bit uh, easy at first, but uh, now they are saying that uh, he, he tore his uh, rectus femoris at his uh, quadriceps. And now he's about to become, uh, he, he's about to be out for the next two months, uh, which is also um, adds up to the to the fact that the Oscar Mingesa can play as the right back. So I guess this is why he is preferred, he's the preferred uh, player from Barca B at the squad. So uh, Sergi is out. Uh, are we seeing uh, Serginho this time? Uh, yeah. Ethan. 
What do you think? Yeah, I definitely. I think Des now will be the undisputed starter. I think he'll play most matches. But as you said, I think they're going to have Minguesa um, there just as like a backup, just in case like um, Des gets injured because yeah. you you don't know about the, the the tough schedule can injure literally any player. Um, but like this was like a mixed reaction I saw on social media, especially on like Twitter. Yes, like obviously. Sergio Roberto, he's not liked by many fans. Many fans don't see him as an ideal right back because he's more uh, better in his uh, midfield position. But the amount of people I saw like celebrating his uh, injury, like I personally, I don't like Sergio Roberto. I, I don't really see him as like an ideal right back and one that can win us like trophies. But I didn't celebrate his injury either. I don't think that's the right. I don't think you should celebrate any player's injury, yeah. even if you hate them and you want them out the team, because that's not a, a good thing. But like for many people, they've seen this as a good thing. Because they they now see that finally Dest can be given uh, given time to start, and eventually they think that within two months, because I think Roberto's out two months, Dest will be like like the ideal starter. That like when Sergio Roberto comes back, I don't think he'll have a place in the team anymore. And I think many fans are happy that about that, and I personally I disagree with that. I don't think um, I'm happy for Dest to start, but I don't think that we should be celebrating uh, Sergio Roberto's injury either. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Dest signing was very fortunate for us. It was a good decision by the uh, Barca team, and also, of course, like Ethan said, we shouldn't hate on, we shouldn't celebrate any player getting injured, whether even if it's a Madrid player. Like players are players, you need to respect the game and the people who uh, put their lives into this game. They get up every day, train uh, because they love football. That's the end of it. They're all footballers. It doesn't matter if uh, Roberto is... I won't say he's a bad player, but if he's a bit mismatched in the club, you should not celebrate uh, Roberto's uh, getting injured, especially uh, because he had a key role in our historic uh, victory over PSG in the second leg. He has contributed to the club and he deserves respect. Every footballer does, but uh, Roberto especially. But I think that uh, his injury uh, won't uh, affect the club that much in a negative way because we got it covered with the test. So, obviously, I'll wish speedy recovery to him like I do to any player, but I think we got it covered. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean... It always bothers me to see the amount of disrespect that the players all over the world get sometimes. I mean, Sergio Roberto is a Barca player and I also saw those those Barca fans, so-called fans, that celebrate the fact that he is injured. I mean, he is a human being and I mean, I will not celebrate any Madrid player getting injured. Even players that I don't like, like Casemiro and Ramos. I will not celebrate them getting injured ever. So, uh, so of course, I will not celebrate Sergio Alberto getting injured. Uh, he is a player that uh, I don't think that he is that bad as exactly. some fans make him. But, uh, but, but, uh, I don't see him as the best right back that we have. He is far from that, and uh, I think that him as a right as our first right back looks like uh, one of the main problems that we have in our squad and I really celebrated it when we signed uh, Serginho Dest who is only 20 years old, he's very young but uh, he has the talent, he has the, the ambition 
and I think that uh, over time it will become the first uh, first solution for our right back position. And uh, I see it as, as a good thing that he will get a lot of, uh, of playing time. Um, if he will get injured, we will have another problem. And uh, I think that uh, uh, Oscar Mingesa is the only other option there. Because in Barca B also, they don't have right backs. I mean, the two right backs of Barca B are currently injured for a long time. And uh, right now, Barca B... We will move along to the next topic, the left wing problem. Um, right now, when Ansu Fati is injured, the, the main uh, players that can play in the left wing are Dembele, who is better at the right, and Coutinho and Pedri, who are not natural wingers. So right now, we don't really have someone who can play actually as the, as the left winger. And uh, for me, I'm, it's, uh, it's hard for me to choose between uh, the options that we do have. So uh, I would like to, to convince me. So we will start with Sagnik. Tell yes, me what so do you think. Dembele on the right wing is a literal beast. Even last match, he was probably our best player on the pitch. So I would understand if Koeman doesn't want to disturb his position. Another thing that I want to point out is that we uh, did not attack much from the left wing last match. So the real assessment of how good Pedri is... Uh, isn't really, in my opinion, isn't really fulfilled yet. He's 17 years old and uh, I think that uh, with Coman's stubbornness, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he continues with uh, the current formation with Pedri on the left wing. So, uh, obviously, there's an alternative option that uh, Dembele plays on the uh, left and uh, Trinkao plays on the right uh, full-time. Uh, but I don't think that is going to happen uh, just because uh, Koeman is stubborn and how good Dembele is on the right wing. But another thing, if we consider Coutinho, I don't think uh, he should be played on the left wing and I don't think he will be either. Uh, he's more of an attacking midfielder, obviously. Uh, so I think that uh, given all the above facts that uh, Pedri as the left, we'll see Pedri as the left winger in the following matches. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. um, that Pedri will still be played on the left, which I personally wouldn't want. Like last match, I put on my lineup, and loads of people told me, oh no, it's best for Pedri to go left wing because uh, then he can have Alba like uh, back him up. But obviously, this was the problem we saw against Atletico Madrid. If you put Pedri on the left wing, he is not a winger. He will cut to the centre. You saw it. He was virtually non-existent in the match. Not because of how good he is, because Betty's an amazing player. But if you put him on the left wing, you're not going to get anything out of him. And some people were like to me, yeah, yeah, it's true now. We shouldn't really play Betty on the left wing. But I think Coleman, like Sagi said, will still use him. I'd personally start Dinkao on the right wing and put Dembele on the left wing. Yes, I know Dembele is, that's not his strongest position and he's far better on the right wing. However, Dembele is the only player out of the, those four that has played left wing and has actually not been that bad on left wing because obviously Gaudinho was bad on the left wing in, in under Valverde that he had to be so loaned out to Bayern Munich. I don't think Conrad will play because he's very inexperienced and um, Coleman wouldn't start him in these type of matches. Bedri, as we've seen in the last couple of matches, if he's used in that left wing position, yes, he played there under Las Palmas, but against the big teams, he doesn't really perform that great. 
And Dembele, yes, it's his weaker position, but he has played on the left wing before. He's had, he has scored goals and he and he's done good matches on the left wing, even though he's been on the right wing. So I would personally start with the guy on the right and and Dembele on the left. And obviously, when now when Ansu Fati returns, then we can switch Dembele back. However. But yeah, uh, well, not however, but that's how I basically see it. I think we definitely have a problem because none of those four can actually solve this issue. But again, that comes down due to lack of depth that we have. Uh, people are calling for Depay to come now because of this situation. I think that's completely the wrong decision. But yeah, I think we're going to have to do, we're going to have to start rotating players more and sa- having to make sacrifices because that's really the only option we have. Yeah, exactly. And with uh, Jordi Alba uh, struggling a little bit with his offensive capabilities, I think if uh, Dembele and Alba uh, work on a chemistry together, we could see a lot more strings of passes and a lot more balls into the centre with different kinds of uh, combinations. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Just one thing, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kuman will actually use uh, Konrad uh, against Dinamo Kiev, um, at least as a substitute. And uh, just one thing that I would like to point out, uh, the, the the wide players in in, uh, in Kuman's Barca are not really wingers. They are more like, uh, Sagnik said it, uh, they are more like uh, attacking midfielders in, in both uh, wings. Uh, they are playing a little bit um, uh, behind the wing position because of the formation of the 4-2-3-1 but um, I still don't and we hit the buzzer moving on to the next topic the salary problems the wage problems uh, as uh, Tebas the, the chairman of the of the RFF uh, said that this uh, week Barca are uh, far above the salary cap uh, of, of the La Liga and uh, they might if uh, drastic measures won't happen soon, we might head into bankruptcy. Uh, it might even be a, 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 the biggest mission of the next uh, board, the next president. So uh, right now, uh, the players don't really think that the, that the current transition board, this Carlos uh, Cus, he has the mandate to to do this. Uh, these negotiations and right now it seems like we're heading into a dead end uh, until at least until the elections so uh, what do you think about the yeah, current situation um, we'll i think start definitely with for the Ita. next president coming in i think he's going to have a humongous task that's why i think that we need to be a little we need to wait a little while before barcelona can actually be the barcelona they want so i don't think with any president the project would work in one or two years it's going to take time because of how bad the club the state uh, the state of the club is uh, in all my 20 years of life and all my supporting Barca, I've never seen Barca this bad. I know Barcelona have been bad before in terms of like financial structure, but the fact that we're on, on the verge of bankruptcy is like complete whole other level. Uh, Bartomeu really, really did us. Uh, um, uh, in, in terms of the salary cuts, uh, yeah, they definitely don't see Dusquets as incompetent. And if I were uh, Dusquets, frankly, I'd call the elections immediately. I don't know why he's waiting uh, for 24th of January. Yes, maybe it's because of the COVID pandemic. But again, if you implement something like electronic voting, this that won't be an issue because people would vote from home and they wouldn't have to go out and endanger themselves. So if I was him, I think the club is in uh, economic, institutional and now sporting crisis because of all the injuries that we have. 
So I think what's the best thing to do is to get a newborn in as soon as possible. Uh, I'd, I'd have it mid-December, the elections. Speak to the players, get get an agreement, and then you can start building up and sorting out the issues then. Because obviously now, if we just delay it till January, all this will just be like a distraction. Like None of these problems will be solved. And then by the time the president comes in, he's going to have even worse issues and even more stuff to deal with. So I think it's best just to call the yeah. election as soon as possible to get knows that the club don't want to negotiate with him but he's still refusing to call them earlier which is quite confusing to me yeah the thing is that uh, the uh, Carlos Tusquets is related to the old administration of uh, of uh, Nunez and Nunez is related to Rosel and Bartomeu and he is there only to buy time it's It's the only reason for him to wait so long until the elections will arrive. There is no other logical explanation for this for these elections uh, going so so further until the end of January. He needs to buy time in order to to uh, try to balance the books, and he does all he can. I mean, he, he signed new uh, contracts with sponsors. He is trying to reduce the salary of the players, and I mean. I see this as, as a plot for for the the books to be as balanced as, as possible, so the next board will not uh, will not uh, be able to to sue Bartomeu and the in the last board. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is shameful and and it's throwing the club under the bus. Um, and it's not the first time that they do it. I mean, uh, Rosel and Bartomeu already um, did it with the, with the Neymar case a few years ago when when they. Uh, when they actually blamed the club for the negotiations that they did and uh, they made the club sign the, uh, pay the fine for that. So, I mean, it's not the first time that they do it. This is a very shameful era. I, I was there to see the Gaspar era and, and the Nunez era. And I mean, these are all methods of this old uh, board, of these old people that are uh, the old socios of uh, Barca. I mean, you can see it in the way that they are uh, making decisions i mean the fact that they don't they say that they want to postpone the elections because of the covid but then again they don't approve uh, electronic uh, votes and the only reason that they do it is because that the oldies the, the old guys that read mundo deportivo and the sport Uh, cannot vote electronically so it will make them weaker and they will, it will make the the younger socios a lot uh, stronger and those socios who live abroad who can't reach uh, Spain right now and can't reach Catalonia right now because of the pandemic they cannot vote so there is no uh, actually there is no any logical explanation <laughs> Moving on to the next topic, after being pessimistic with the current situation of the club, let's talk about the, the Font Dream Team. Victor Font is actually building a, a dream team around him. There is no other way to say it. Uh, after Tony Nadal joined his team, now we know that uh, Dr. Kugat, one of the best uh, sports surgeons in the world, he will become a director in the Font administrations if and when he is elected to become the next president of Barca. So um, for me, it, it's a very, it, it made me very optimistic about the fact that uh, Victor Font actually has a chance to win these uh, elections. And for me, 
uh, who is the one who, who actually debating between myself, between uh, Laporta and uh, Victor Font. I have to say that I'm leaning towards Victor Font right now, although I still want to wait and see uh, what Laporta will offer when he will announce his, uh, his uh, president candidacy in uh, one week. So, um, Ethan, what did you That's think good. about this? Uh, this thing yeah I think about that's a very very good joined the team said, he is the greatest one of the greatest um, uh, sporting doctors or surgeons in the whole world um but I didn't expect less to be honest there were already rumors that he was gonna uh, come into this uh, the team I think it's especially with Barcelona we've had a history of injuries uh the ballet getting injured uh umtiti um so I think having one of the best um doctors is vital because he knows how to kind of it's not only just like fixing a player if he's injured but also like giving them advice on how to better themselves so for example for Dembele many years we saw that he didn't stick to a proper diet or that he was continuously getting injured and we were asking ourselves why does this keep on happening I think someone like Kugat for example can actually advise these players and if he would have been in that administration under Bartomeu I think maybe injuries wouldn't have been that repetitive uh, to Dembele and they would advise him look you do this this would happen or if you do this or if you have a proper diet so I think that's very good and as you said Tony Dardal as well he's a sporting psychologist I think the team needs that as well because I think the morale of the team is very is very low and I think Tony Nadal, uh, Tony Nadal would be the perfect one of the perfect yeah. candidates to that to motivate the team to get their morale higher and I just think that these two additions to the to the board is uh, very good and hopefully I really do hope that Victor Font wins because if he doesn't win, it's a shame because we haven't even heard anything about uh, Laporta's board. And if it's true that he is planning to actually join forces with Agusti Benedito, I think that would be terrible. That would be utter. That would be... Oh, I wouldn't really want that for the next board because I don't like Benedito. But we'll see, as you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, the okay. Font project, he has been working on it for a long time. He mm-hmm. obviously knows what he is doing. He's got people who are one of the best in their respective fields backing him up. So, it is 100% my indication. Uh, my, uh, pers- my personal opinion is that right now, 100%, my vote would go towards Font. Uh, he also appears humble and acknowledges the club's mistakes like... Uh, uh, making an agreement with Messi beforehand because he get, he becomes a free agent soon and uh, most of all he says that his dream team revolves mostly around La Masia players which would be ideal uh, considering our club's financial state at the moment uh, the only thing which uh, uh, makes me more excited than Fon's dream team project right now is the expectation of what Laporta should have to offer in a week's time because uh, what Font is promising right now is really really good so I'm very intrigued to see what Laporta is going to uh, offer in a week's time to seal his presidency Yeah I mean you have to, to see it like that for Laporta he is the, the main candidate, he is the favorite in the streets of Barcelona. For him, taking his time is logical. I mean, he already has a, a major of people who, who really love him and saying he did it once, he did it twice, he built two great teams around him so he can do it again. So he has the, 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 
this around him and and people really remember it for him and 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 i mean you can't take it from him he was a great president but uh, he will have to announce what he's about to do and uh, in about in about a week he will announce it so uh, for me I, i really want to 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 know what he's about to offer i really want to know what what his team will look like i want Moving on to the next topic, is it Ricky and Alenia time? I mean, Ricky Pooch, we all know the, the unfair treatment of uh, Kuman towards him, and Alenia also uh, almost never plays. But right now, with uh, Busquets injured and with De Jong as uh, maybe as the other uh, center back while uh, PK is injured, we might uh, right now see a, a proper... a solution, a proper uh, chance for Alenia and Ricky to shine, although both of them are not uh, pivots in their natural uh, position. So uh, uh, what I do you think, think about uh, it? Let's start with, with De Jong out, I think uh, uh, Alenia will be the second pivot alongside uh, Pjanic. Uh, and Pooj, I think uh, he will... Uh, Komen says that he lacks physicality and all that stuff. I know, although it is debatable, uh, of course, and I myself don't agree with that statement, Uh, considering Koman's mindset I don't think Pooj will be starting uh, I think he will be subbed in against Dynamo Kiev but uh, definitely I think as we lack a second pivot Alenia might uh, be the man Koman looks up to uh, yeah um, I, I'm calling Koman to actually change system now because I am not that technically I don't know football I watch football and I know that some people watch football and they're very technically minded so they look at the lineup they look at what these players will do they look at what um, uh, what a pivot is because I don't really understand what a pivot is yet because I'm not really that technical with football I just like to watch football and like to see players doing their best but um, I just hope that we can go to like a 4-3-3 system because in that way you could have Pjanic playing and both maybe Puig and Alenia in the same midfield and we wouldn't have to them like play unnaturally like you said none of them are pivots but unfortunately I don't think Koeman is like that I think he's going to stick to his 4-2-3-1 system even though it's got many cracks already but he's quite a stubborn manager I don't think that uh, he'll change but yeah I'm hoping to see Ricky play I don't think he'll start I agree with Sagnik on that I don't think he'll start but I really hope he plays like if he doesn't play not even one minute I definitely think that Koeman has an agenda against him and he might as well just leave on loan in January and come back in June because if he doesn't play when half the players are injured just imagine when they're back like you no way in, ch- in hell would he get a chance to, to start so but I'm really hoping that he plays tomorrow and I guess we'll see yeah I hope so too I mean uh, I kind of get the fact that uh, Alenia and Ricky are not natural defensive midfielders they're not Uh, they don't have the defensive orientations that uh, I mean the young and Busquets have for example but Ricky and Alenia playing in, in the Barca midfield we ha- will have a, a, a consequence of uh, Barca controlling the ball more and uh, Barca building from the midfield Barca playing like Barca should play like our our DNA looks like and I believe that both Ricky and Alenia deserve proper chances. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we will see Kuman start with uh, Pjanic and, and uh, Coutinho as double pivots. 
I mean, yeah. uh, I, I would be very sorry if it will happen. <laughs> I will, I will be very upset if we, this will happen. But uh, hopefully, we will see Alenia playing uh, and Ricky also. Uh, although I, I am sure I, I agree with Sagnik and uh, you, Ethan, that uh, Alenia has more chances of starting alongside uh, Pjanic. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll see Ricky as a substitute. Also, although I will be really surprised for the for will be, I mean, I think that playing in a four-three-three formation should be one of the solutions. And, and the game against uh, Dynamo Kiev is a good, a good um, option to 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 change the formation a little bit and play in a four-three-three formation. I really hope that uh, Kuman will not be that stubborn. And, and uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But uh, hopefully, we will see Ricky and Alenia uh, playing together or not together, but playing against uh, Dynamo Kiev. But uh, in the long term, I think that uh, if not both of them, one of them should uh, should live on loan in January um, because I don't see either of them gain, getting proper uh, minutes in this uh, in this season under Kuman. I mean but you never know uh, so uh, what do you think should he uh, live on loan? I don't know because uh, depends because nice. this could be a good game where either Ricky or Alenia can show Kuman why they should be playing more frequently and who knows if they do a very good game and they keep up okay with the buzzer moving on to the next topic uh, Frankie De Jong and Leo Messi gonna rest and against uh, Dinamo Kiev both of them uh, play almost every game and uh, against Dynamo Kiev they will both get the rest that they need. But I mean, would you rest both of them together? Would you even not send them in the squad list? Won't, won't even uh, fly them to Kiev? I mean, it's a bit risky in my opinion because Juventus is only uh, three um, points uh, behind us. so. I really hope that we will not regret it. We already saw that Dynamo Kiev is a, is a, a tough uh, team, and uh, I really hope that we will shine without them. Although uh, I do get the, the idea that they both need rest because this uh, schedule is, is killing all players, and, and it's not a, it's not an issue to to be solved in this particular match. But I think that the, all the injuries that we see around the world, players like Van Dijk and Piquet. Uh, injuring themselves into long-term injuries uh, it's all part of the problem that they are playing too many games so uh, De Jong and Messi out is this a good solution? Yeah, is this Coleman's a good uh, mind thing? Is something Zagnik, that, uh, what do you think? Mostly defies logic I mean, of course his argument is somewhat valid that uh, we're at a quote-unquote comfortable situation in the UCL so that's why he rested De Jong and Messi because he because of the tight international schedule he thought that uh, they should be rested otherwise they might injure themselves uh, however uh, I don't uh, see where this uh, overconfidence is coming from I mean even if uh, you do not intend to start with them or play them at all I think that it would have been a wiser decision to at least uh, keep them on the field even as subs. Uh, also, uh, I mean, uh, they do need rest. And what I took from this decision is that uh, De Jong and Messi are probably the only constants in Coman's plans for Barcelona. 
Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I don't know. Um, let's see. Would it be risky? I don't know. Coleman has said it in the press conference. He said, look, we're quite comfortable in the Champions League. I think it's a good time to rest De Jong and Messi. I could see him resting one, but both is a bit confusing to me because they're, they're virtually two very important players for the team. So I think maybe if Messi would have been rested or if De Jong would have been uh, rested, it would have been better. But like in terms of like one each, not both together. But I don't know. Like we saw Dinamo versus Barca. And they had 11 of their players missing and they still gave us a very hard game. We couldn't even put them to bed early on. And now their actual uh, proper starting 11 will start with us and we don't have our best players. And especially we're playing in Russia. No, sorry, Ukraine, not Russia, sorry. Um, uh, which is a different climate. It's quite Ukraine. far away and we're not used to playing that. So I think, I'm not going to lie, I, I could potentially see Barcelona losing tomorrow because... Yeah, I don't think it's a smart... I think it's a smart decision, maybe wrestling one, but both of them, in a time of need when we need them mostly, because half our players are injured, I don't know if it's that smart of a decision, but I guess we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, I get... Uh, I understand, I understand the, the the need to, to rest them, but I, I agree that uh, playing in, in a different climate in, in Ukraine it's gonna be tough, and, and we also saw it. Uh, we saw that they are tough when they had, uh, they were behind uh, in, in the camp now with uh, less 13 players, and most of these players are back right now because they had COVID and, and they came back from that. So I think that uh, it will be a tough match. We will talk about it uh, in the next topic. So, we, but but uh, I wouldn't. I, I do get the the idea of resting them. I wouldn't rest both of them together. I mean, I, I get that uh, Kuman think that this is a good, um, good opportunity to rest De Jong, as the injuries won't allow, uh, won't allow Kuman to rest him in the next, I think, uh, 15 uh, matches because uh, he's not, uh, he doesn't have the privilege to do that. Uh, but right now, I think that uh, that. I wouldn't rest both of them. I hope that we will not regret it uh, against uh, Dynamo Kiev, but uh, we will have to be optimistic about it and uh, let's hope for the best. So we hit the buzzer. We're moving on to the starting lineup versus Dynamo Kiev. This is the topic that uh, we started to talk about uh, in the last one, but uh, heading back to the chalking board, we would like to talk about what will happen in this game versus Dynamo Kiev. Yes, so first um, off, uh, I'm uh, going to say, uh, I want to make it clear that uh, I'm going to try to predict the lineup because what I want personally is a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 and not what Coman is probably going to play the next match. And if I go into my hypothesis, uh, we're going to be talking for an hour or two. So anyway, uh, I think that uh, in the next match, obviously, uh, stubborn Coman is going to play with a 4-2-3-1. Uh, of course, uh, in the defense, we're going to have the Barca B defender because we have no other choice right now. Uh, Jordi Alba, Dest and uh, Longley, of course. Uh, the pivot, I think, is going to be uh, Pianic and Alenia. And in the front three, uh, uh, Dembele on the right wing. Uh, 
Puj or Coutinho probably uh, just behind Griezmann and Pedri on the left wing with Griezmann as uh, a centre forward who is going to be subbed off uh, with Brethwaite later in the match. I think that's the direction we're going in. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we should have like a 4-3-3 right, as I said then. before. Um, potentially with Boigan, both Boigan and Alenia starting. But I don't know. Let's see. I think Coleman will be a, a bit, um, as I said before, he'd be a bit uh, too stubborn. And I think he'll stick with a 4-2-3-1. Let's see how we play. Um, most of our players are injured. And yeah, that's pretty. I think I've, I've discussed it before what I want as, a, as an attack. I'd want Dembele on the right and Drinkau on the left. So, sorry, Dembele, uh, sorry, Drinkau on the right and Dembele on the left, even though it's not uh, Dembele's strong position, but we will see. Um, and let's see, hopefully we can clutch a, a victory. Yeah, I hope so too. For me, I would play with... Uh, I mean, we don't have really other options in, in the defence. It will be uh, Ter Stegen and uh, Serginho Des, Mingesa and, uh, and uh, Lenglet centre-backs. Jordi Alaba will be the left-back because uh, Firpo is not really an option. So uh, in the midfield, I will. I think that we won't see a fourth three. It, it's not a very. Uh, it's not. I, I wouldn't gamble it. Let's say, uh, but although I will be happy to be surprised. So uh, I think the double pivot will be Alenia and Pjanic. Uh, the three uh, attacking midfielders will be Dembele. Um, I think uh, sadly, Coutinho and Pedri as the left uh, attacking midfielder. <laughs> Although I would gladly see Conrad there, but uh, but I think that he will use uh, Pedri there. And uh, Griezmann as the centre forward, uh, subbed off with uh, Brightweight, because this is what... Uh, how uh, did Valverde say? It is what it is. This is what we have in our attack. So uh, let's hope for the best, because I don't see us uh, having an easy time, an easy task there. But uh, I will be happy to see us uh, score goals and I will be also happy to be mistaken and see Kuman uh, going uh, starting this game with a 4-3-3 solution uh, formation. So um, it will be a good solution for a game tomorrow, but I don't see this happening. Hopefully I will be mistaken. Um, uh, but do you think that uh, Trincao uh, you, would you prefer Trincao as the right wing? Yeah, or definitely Pedri Trincao as the left winger and Dembele as. Sorry, definitely Trincao as the right winger and Dembele as the left. Yeah, definitely, I agree 100%. Trincao's natural position is the right wing and he'd do much better. Although he's not that pacey, he's still got the technicality and the skill to like score matches, uh, to score goals and to like make good runs and carry the ball forward. So definitely, I, I'd run uh, Trincao rather on the right than Pedri on the left. Yeah, and uh, especially with Jordi Alba uh, weakening right now, I think with Pedri out of his uh, comfortable position, we are just too weak on the left wing. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of hard because I don't think that uh, that uh, Trincao really did anything to earn him the, the starting uh, position. But it's just me. I'm having issues with him, but uh, hopefully he will prove me wrong uh, very, very soon. So far, I didn't do it, but uh, I really hope that he will do it. Maybe if he will start against Dynamo Kiev, he will be able to, to shine. Um, I really hope that he will. So let's hope for the best.
and we hit the buzzer. Um, moving on to the next topic, the match predictions. And uh, as for me, uh, I would really hope for the best. I think that it won't be an easy task. We saw it in the Camp Nou when we had a tough time against uh, Dynamo Kiev. So uh, for me, I think that it will be it will be a tough match. Uh, I think that we will win the match, but in in, uh, in a small margin margin like uh, I think I, I would go with a yeah I'm two one to clutch a victory. What do you think, Ethan? Resting both Messi Dijon, Dinamo Kiev starting with a full lineup and playing in Ukraine and away. I think we might get a bit comfortable and they might catch us off. So. I reckon we could lose, but um, hopefully we can win. But you never know with the Sarsona. Every time I predict they win, they lose. And every time I predict they lose, they win. So hopefully they can win tomorrow. Yes, uh, yeah. of course. Last time, Kiev uh, as a very weak think, team, Sarah? lacking in their uh, players. Uh, most of them out with COVID. Played really well against Barca. They even cut through the defence clean once and scored a goal. Uh, and I would be a little more comforted if uh, one of our goals were open play, but uh, obviously one of them was a penalty taken by Messi and the other was a corner. But of course, this time we're going to have a very different starting eleven, and uh, no De Jong as centre-back. So things could be different, but then again, it's, in, uh, it's not on our home turf, firstly. Secondly, we have some players out. I think definitely with the players we have, we could win, we should win. But, uh, you know, we're not being able to just finish the chances we create. But it's going to be an interesting match to watch. Provided that uh, we uh, play properly and we don't make any uh, critical judging mistakes, like critical decision errors, I think we should uh, have a somewhat comfortable win, like 2-0. All right. So we're done with this topic and we will move along to the final words, the one minute monologue that every one of us will have. I will start first and I would, we want to talk about the, the upcoming elections because I don't really have an idea. I don't really, I didn't decide entirely or 100% if I'm going with Laporta or with Victor Font. But uh, I wanted to use uh, the age difference and I wanted to remind everyone that uh, 17 years ago, in 2003, uh, when Juan Gaspar uh, resigned as the president of Barca, um, there was a big favorite in the elections and it wasn't Juan Laporta. Juan Laporta was a young uh, uh, and he was very, very um, famous as an opposition to the to the Nunez administration, but he was not the favorite. The favorite was a person called Luis Bassat, who was the favorite to win because he's a vice president in the elections. His vice president for his board was Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola was uh, still a, a playing a, a player, but uh, in these elections, uh, Luis Bassat uh, promised to bring him as the vice president of the team. So uh, back then, he was the favorite to win. And uh, Laporta uh, promised Beckham and uh, promised to bring uh, David Beckham to the team, uh, which he later on didn't do because uh, 
David Beckham preferred to move to Real Madrid, the Galacticos Real Madrid. And uh, then because of this mistake, we brought uh, Ronaldinho and uh, the history changed. But um, what I'm trying to say is that uh, for right now, Laporta is the, is the favorite, the main favorite to win these elections. But um, as we see, the board that uh, Victor Font is uh, forming right now and the dream team that he's building around him right now, uh, he still has a, has a proper chance to win these elections. And um, we will have to wait and see what will happen. Okay, so basically my topic will this be on Messi. Me. Now we will move along to Ethan. Surrounding Messi right now, there's a bit of a device, uh, sorry, divide in the fan base. There's still many people who are adamant that he won't leave and there's people who are adamant he will leave. I, unfortunately, I am on the latter side. I think Messi will leave. I think his comments, uh, even even though he had a 15-hour flight and he was tired and he was held in the airport for one hour, we all know that Messi doesn't really speak on clubs matters. He's been a very quiet character, very shy character in the last few years. But now, this year, he's been one of the most vocal characters. And the fact that he's been very vocal shows his unhappiness. Like Normally, he would just keep quiet and carry on playing football. But the fact that he said that I'm the problem in the club, the fact that each game, I just don't see him motivated yeah. like against Atletico Madrid. Like, as many people can agree, but I personally believe that he's not happy. He looked down, he didn't look motivated. He's not playing how he used to be. I think there's a deeper issue under it all. And yeah, I think personally in June, he was gonna, he's going to go. As I said, I've already said this twice, I think there's two factors. One, he wants an immediate project and he wants, sorry, once he... One, he wants immediate success. And I think with City, you can get that because City right now have a better team than Barcelona. They've got the players that can win them the Champions League. And Barcelona, even if we have a project next year, it's looking like we probably won't win the Champions League either or the year after. It's going to take a while. Same as Laporta. It took a while for us to become the team that we were. It took him like five years. Well, three, he won the first Champions League. But to build the greatest team in the world was took five years. Um, and the second reason is the Guardiola factor. I think the, the, the fact that he extended his contract was because he was promised that Messi would come to City. Uh, I think what is what kept Guardiola there. Even though Guardiola says, oh, I want Messi to, to, to stay in, 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 in Barcelona, I think he's just saying that because he doesn't want to be made the villain by the media. So, yeah, let's just see. I just don't see Messi happy. And I think, unfortunately, even though I don't want him to go, I think he will leave. <clears throat> yeah, so my topic is why Ronald Koeman, oh, the highest funny. ever paid boss of Everton, got sacked just nine games into the Premier League. So, people might say that uh, the Everton is a very uh, strict club with their motto translates to nothing but the best is good enough. But there is a reason why Koeman got uh, sacked so early. The last time a manager got sacked so early in their uh, club was 23 years ago. It was Mike Walker uh, due to his disastrous 35 match reign. So why did he get sacked? Number one, while when he was recruited in the club, he promised that he would uh, fix all mistakes. But as soon as he was sacked, his quote went viral after his defeat by Arsenal that he never really understood the club. Furthermore, the thing uh, for which he uh, was most hated on was his disastrous decision making which uh, if you see what I'm where I'm going with this is something we've seen in Barcelona uh, he spent 140 million pounds uh, in bad signings and uh, even more important was uh, the player he didn't sign which was Romelu Lukaku 
yes because by the end of the season literally everyone knew who he was uh definitely they could have uh, signed someone else and what strikes me the most is that he went into the season without the 25 goal guarantee in Lukaku and replaced him with a raw spanish under 21 sandro ramirez and the promising england under 20 dominic calvert and uh, he honestly placed too much responsibility on young shoulders so uh definitely with these facts i wanted to point out that you guys are seeing the similarities right i mean you can call it stubbornness but uh what i mean to say in this that ronald kuman uh may be just how do i say this just bad in decision making uh he's stubborn okay but uh, he succeeded in the dutch national teams because there were a lot of things in his favor and i think that uh one definitely has to be more dynamic he, one needs to shape the club into what it's supposed to be not mold the club into what you want it to be you want double pivot that doesn't mean that the barcelona squad right now uh, needs the double pivot as soon as he came in the club he the first thing he said was the 4231 is perfect because we don't have natural wingers we don't have natural wingers really i mean it's a it's a literal factual error and ever since then i have been skeptical of ronald kuman and i really don't want to be that person who uh, just uh, hates on the manager when things go wrong because uh, that's really cliche but here it is i just pointed out his history to you and history repeats itself and these are uh, cold hard evidences which uh, people should know so with these facts uh, i stated i really want uh, each and every one of you to think about uh, uh, what i said and just hope that barcelona doesn't become the everton too yeah okay this is uh, this was very tough uh, this is very uh, i mean it's alarming what you're saying so uh, i think it's a good way to to sum up our uh, to conclude our uh, talk here and to conclude this episode i would like to change both to thank both of you Ethan and Sagnik for this great talk we covered a lot of topics we will hope to to win the match against Dynamo Kiev and yeah, uh, hopefully we will uh, meet here so. in the next episode a lot more uh, happy and a lot more okay, relaxed so uh, yeah so uh, thank you guys very much and uh, please uh, If you did if you like this uh, video please subscribe to our channel and like this video and uh, also comment your uh, questions in the comment section below and uh, we will answer them in the new uh, Q&A uh, segment in the next episode so uh, guys thank you and uh, we will meet you Visca all Barca, in the thank next you. episode yeah signing uh, out for have a great evening and visca barça